Well, I'm really excited to be here today. I wondered how many faces I would recognize in the crowd, and there's actually quite a few of you. How many of you have ever heard me talk before? A few. Wow, it's great. I wish I could. Is it, oh, this one's not on yet. I need to switch over. I wish I could. Um, I'm from the South, so this, I was right at home this morning on the right here. This is working now, isn't it? Can you hear me? Okay. I was wishing that uh, I could go somewhere with each one of you and sit down and have some sweet tea together. <laughs> I miss my mom's sweet tea. It was really more like syrup. <laughs> do, you, do you say syrup here or syrup? Syrup, yes. Where I, it's always a word competition where I'm from because my husband is, is a native New Yorker. And so we say so many things. In fact, when I go to say mash that button, he just starts laughing. Do you say mash the button? I have home people here today, uh, people who understand me. Um, but I want to take a minute just thank everyone for the lovely room, the gifts. Everything has been just wonderful since I've been here, and I've hardly even been here um, very long at all, so I appreciate it. And before we get started, I, um, I am so sorry. I have to apologize. Our family has made a CD, and Lord willing, we'll be recording another one in the end of the summer. Um, but this is our first CD, and it's called Long Time Coming, because it took a long time to get it done. <laughs> and so there is no song called Long Time Coming. It's just the name of the CD. Um, but I only have one of these with me today because we're out, and I ordered, I ordered a new, uh, new shipment, but they didn't arrive before I got here, uh, before I was leaving. Um, but you can get it at thevasics.com if you... Um, care to do that in the future. Just give me a little time. So this one's going to go to Mrs. Brown today because I only have one and I want to give it to her. <laughs> so there you go. It's got all my kids on it and that was... Uh... <laughs> um, and also I'll just say something about this really quickly. Um, my dad was a preacher until um, I was almost 10 years old. And then one night we came home from church Wednesday night after uh, our midweek service and... Um, my dad had been gone uh, on a preaching trip, and um, when we came home that night, though, uh, I walked in the house, and um, something just felt different to me, even as a kid. Have you ever had that feeling where just something wasn't right? And my dad is blind. My dad was a blind preacher, and, um, and I noticed that every volume of his Braille Bible was gone. And he used to only take one or two with him when he would go away because they're, they're very big. You know, our Bibles can fit in something as small as this or even smaller. And uh, at the time, he had about 36 volumes um, that made up his Braille Bible. And they were all gone. And then I walked back into my parents' bedroom and, and every last suit my dad owned was gone. Everything in the bathroom was gone. And, uh, and he left our family. And we didn't know where he was for a long time. And uh, anyway, my parents ended up um, getting a divorce. My mom didn't want it, but uh, in fact, my mom never signed divorce papers. But in the state of Florida, where we were living at the time, you only need one signature, or you did then. And so, um, but it, it was what it was, and they divorced. And so from the time I was uh, nine until I was 30, I saw my dad three times. And I, I have to tell you, though, I praise the Lord that I was left to live with my mom because I didn't, I didn't have two bedrooms. I didn't have two toothbrushes. I didn't have two 
two of anything, I, I had my bedroom with my mom and my things, and that helped to give me a lot of stability in my life. Um, I don't sit in judgment of blended families. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just grateful. I have to remember that that's there. <laughs> I am just grateful that I was raised with the stability of a godly mother, although she was single and left to raise four kids. Um, she did a great job. And I'm not saying that because of who I am. I'm saying that because she, she hung in there. She let God help her, and he did. And all four of us love the Lord today. We're all four in church. And, um, and we don't, um, you know, we have our issues. I, I used to say my family put the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> um, but some things happened. When I turned 30, I'll talk to you about that a little bit later. And then uh, I didn't see my dad again for another six years. But from the time I was 36 until now, which I'm 38. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm going to be 47 this year. But in, in those years, I've seen my dad every year. And, uh, and it's been healing. And it's been sweet. Um, one thing that I felt very handicapped about was when I would go and, and share my story with young people or, or uh, people I... It was hard because I would, I would write down verses that helped me. I would write down things that, that helped me to get through, to not have bitterness, to not have those issues that a lot of kids struggle with who are from broken homes. And, um, and so finally, um, I put it in a book. And now I have something where I can hand to young people. And I could say, read this. And you'll notice it's a boy could read it, a girl could read it. I designed the cover that way to, on purpose. But the title is Dealing with My Family's Divorce, because it isn't just the parents who get divorced. It's the entire family unit. It's never the same. And uh, how do you help a young person deal with that? I've had a lot of, of youth ministry workers or Sunday school teachers or bus workers say to me, what can you do? And, and so now I can say, hand them this. It's not the end-all, be-all of everything. There's hardly any of the gory details of my parents' divorce in here, and that's by design, because everybody has a story. They're all different. And I didn't want somebody who read this book to say, well, you don't understand what I went through. And that's true. I probably don't, because my story is mine, and yours is yours. But if you know somebody that could use some help, or maybe you say, you know what, I'm working with this young person. I don't understand what they face. I don't understand why they're screaming all the time. For I was that screaming, angry, angry girl. I went away to Bible college, a very angry, uh, bitter young person. I was telling these ladies this morning that I went to college hoping to go back home and start a ministry with my, with my pastor and his wife to reach troubled girls in our area. I wanted a home for wayward girls. And then I met my husband, and he just shot all that to pieces. Um, Anyway, if you, I've, I've received many emails from adults and, and messages from adults who say, you know, I never even knew I was really struggling in some areas until that opened my eyes to some things, and it helped me. Um, but especially for young people. I wrote this for young people. I can't do anything about divorce. I've tried. I've tried for a couple of decades. Our church will be 25 years old pretty soon. And, uh, and I've tried for a couple of decades to stop people from breaking up their homes, but you know what? It happens, and sometimes in the case of my mom, it's not a choice you make. It happens to you. Um, but I, I have found um, I have very little success at stopping that. Um, but what I can do 
is go to that generation of children who are really struggling and say, let me help you. Let me, let me give you something. And you can do that too. There is something we can do about it. And, um, and so I hope you'll pick this up. They're, they're $15 each or two for 25 If you're a young person and you say, I honestly just can't do that, just see me and we'll work something out. I don't want anybody to go away today without it that would really like it. All right, well, I'm sorry it's going to be a repeat this morning, but, <laughs> but you were by yourself, and now we'll all see you laugh, so that'll be great. Um, I want to tell you about, and actually, I was having so many memories of it yesterday because what I'm about to tell you happened on St. Patrick's Day, and, uh, and it, was, it was a fun day, but I'll never do it again. Um, and uh, let's pray, and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the safety that everyone had getting here this morning. And Lord, I pray that if somebody is still struggling to get here, that you would help them. And, and Lord, uh, certainly the weather was a little unexpected, um, but not to you. And I just pray that you'll help us today to, to focus on our relationships with you and how to make them stronger. And Lord, we all turn to you to carry us through some tough times. Sometimes we wonder why it's taking a while. Sometimes we wonder if you're even there. But then we arrive at the place where we know, oh yeah, he's there. (laughs) And we know that you help us and that you love us. And thank you for that. And we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, So this this happened now about five years ago. And it was on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, do any of you know the name Clint Fredericks? Anybody know that name? He's a youth pastor. Uh, he used to work for Brother Treber in California, and now he works in North Carolina. Um, but my husband and um, Clint Fredericks were roommates in college. And so one year, we were going to have Brother Clint come up and do a, youth, a one-night youth revival at our church, and then we were going to take his family to New York City the next day. And uh, about two weeks before they came up, he called and said, uh, my mother-in-law has just come to live with us. Would it be okay if we brought her with us? And I had never met his mother-in-law, but I'm a more the merrier kind of person. So we, we said, of course, bring her on up. And so we left that morning. It was a Saturday. And we left that morning about 8 o'clock to head to New York City. Uh, our church is in Connecticut, but we live in Brewster, New York, which is one hour north of New York. And so uh, we drove in, and we've done this quite a few times. My husband knows the city so well. He grew up there. And so um, what we will do is we will, we will take down a van load of people, and he will sort of just be the chauffeur and navigate everything and drop us off at different spots. And then he'll circle the block or meet us a few blocks north, whatever, depending on the location, whatever we need to do. How many of you have ever been to New York City or Manhattan specifically? Oh, a lot of you. So you're going to be able to picture what I'm talking about today. Well, we get to New York, and the first place we go, it's, I think it's my favorite spot in New York City. But there's, if, you, if you don't have time to go out to the Statue of Liberty, there is a place that you can um, sort of pull your vehicle up in. It's, it's sort of brick. There's a restaurant there. And most importantly, there's clean public restrooms. <laughs> and so, um, but it's it's big brick arches, and then if you go through the arches and you're walking down by New York Harbor, there's a little um, fence there, and you can take some really beautiful pictures. And so that's where we were going. And so we get down there, 
and we're uh, standing right by that little um, fence, and I said to the Fredericks, why don't you line up, and I will get your picture with the statue behind you. And so they did it, and I'm standing there with the camera, and I'm getting ready to take their picture. And um, all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, this skateboard just comes flying through the, the little park there, and it hits the Frederick's mother-in-law. Her name is Nancy Sherboneau. It hits her on the left leg and cuts her leg. And, I mean, cuts it pretty bad. It's a significant gash. You know, I wanted to take her to the hospital for stitches. That's Because, you know, you see blood, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's going to be bad. Well, her son immediately, son-in-law, ran to get ice immediately. The rest of us stayed there with her. And um, I'm looking at the guy, you know, who, it was a guy on a skateboard that did it. And, of course, he comes running over, you know. But he's, like, in his late 20s, maybe even a little older. And so I'm like, you know, are you an idiot only on Saturdays, or what? <laughs> You're riding a skateboard where there's millions of people. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's Saturday. Must you ride a skateboard right here? And uh, Mrs. Sherbino, you know, and I must have actually verbalized that. <laughs> Sad to say, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Mrs. Sherbino just looked up and she said, "Oh, Amy, he didn't mean to do it. He had a helmet on." <laughs> I'm not sure what that had to do with anything, but dumb people wear helmets too sometimes. And so, anyway, we got her all fixed up and got her cleaned up, and then and she said, oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm ready to go, I'm good, you know, I, it doesn't even hurt anymore. So we walked back out, got her onto the van, and my husband was going to drive us just a few blocks over to Wall Street. They wanted to see the Wall Street Bull. Have, can any of you picture? Have you been to see the Wall Street Bull? Okay. To me, it's like not a big deal, but I guess if you're not from there and you enjoy stocks, then you might want to see it. And so we get over there, and um, right after we saw the bull, there was a, a subway entrance, and we were going to take the subway into New York. Well, I told you it was St. Patrick's Day, right? Okay. And by this time, it's about 10 in the morning, so it's not that late. But people are already partaking, and so craziness is just everywhere. You can't understand. People are falling down. <laughs> you can't understand them. And, uh, and so we're headed down to the subway. I'm not a real big fan of the subway anyway. Um, I know some people, that's like their dream to go to New York and ride the subway, and I'm, I really could leave it. But anyway, so we go down to the subway where, you know, of course my husband's driving around in the van, and so he's not seeing any of this happening. But we get on the subway, and uh, our oldest daughter, we, you know, you, you have to get on and, and get on, sit down, hang on, because it's not going to wait for you. And so we all pack in there, and right away I see that my daughter is about to sit in some stuff where somebody who'd been partaking emptied their stuff. I don't want to gross you out this morning. Can, can you follow along? Get what I'm saying? Okay. So she almost sits in it, and I lunge for her, and I'm just, Catherine! You know, and so we, we, she didn't even see it. Well, I, I had one person in my arms, so I could not catch Mrs. Sherboneau, who went down in the spot because she just didn't even know. So I picked her up, but it was really too late. And her daughter, you know, her daughter and I are trying to, you know, oh, it was just horrible. 
So we finally stand up and, you know, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay, honey. And immediately the subway starts and we just plop down in the floor. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't know how you would be. You would probably just exalt the Lord in that situation. (laughs) I was having a tough time. And so, you know, and it wasn't even bad stuff really happening to me. So we picked her up, got her on the seat, you know, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. And, you know, I wanted to go home. And Mrs. Sherboneau goes, boy, I'm going to have some stories to tell people when I get back home. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? And I'm like, you, you sat and puked. <laughs> that's, that's not fun. But she thought it was funny. So we get on the subway. I know you're going to think I'm lying. But, you know, usually I have one of my, my, one of my girls with me when I go somewhere. And I, I can't lie in front of my girls. They live with me. So if you, if you know, you know my girls, I, I would not exaggerate the story in front of them. I'm not being a preacher right here. This actually happened. <laughs> so we come up out of the subway, and now we're coming up into Times Square. Okay? Don't go to Times Square on St. Patrick's Day. Ever. It's just it's craziness. So we, we come up, and I, I know you're going to think I'm lying. I promise you I'm not. We're walking up the sidewalk, and uh, you know those strollers that, um, like, you need a CDL to drive them? They're, they've got, like, the two-seater and sometimes one in front and massive wheels. I think they're made for jogging moms. Have you seen those? And this mom jogger with, like, three kids in tow comes up to the left of us, and the wheel had these things that, like, stuck out. I'm not even kidding you. And it clipped Mrs. Sherboneau in the same <laughs> leg where she'd been hit by the skateboard. And I'm like, I, I just should never bring anybody to New York City ever again. I will ne- and, you know, you start making deals with the Lord. Lord, please don't let anything else bad happen to this lady. Because I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And so... Um, she, you know, it reopens what happened to her. It was just a horrible mess. And so we go in the store and try to find something to clean her up, and it just, it wasn't good. Well, the one thing that she wanted, and I don't know, like I said before, I don't really know why, because it's not really my thing, but she wanted a souvenir of the Wall Street Bull. And so we went in this little store in Times Square, and, you know, the, the Fredericks have three kids that are our kids' age, and, and they didn't really want to be in this little tiny store. So I told them, big mistake, by the way, but I told them, why don't you guys go on ahead? I'll wait here with Mrs. Sherboneau while she gets... Did somebody just groan? Don't get ahead of me. <laughs> Do not get ahead of me. So I said, you go ahead, and then I'll stay with her, and then we'll catch up with you. So I'm standing in the store, and if you've been in Times Square, you know that some of the stores are are larger, some of them are tiny, but several of them have that little plate glass front. Like the whole front of the store is glass. That's the kind of store that we were in. And so I turn around. She's at the register. She's got her bowl. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm looking out. I, I turn my head for two seconds. I look out on the street, and I'm watching all the, you know, green wigs and the crazy people, and 
you know, getting a little laugh out of it. And the next thing I know, wham. And I didn't even turn for a second because I thought, I just don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know what happened. <laughs> and she had just plowed right into that plate glass window. I know. I, oh. It was so bad. It was so bad. She broke her little thing. We got her another one. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you, she, she face-planted just right into the glass. I thought she'd broken her nose. I didn't know what had happened. I mean, she, you know, she was dazed. She was just standing there like, oh, what hit me? And so I was like, okay. Well, that was dumb. I should not have kept the two of us here. <laughs> something After the day we've had, I should have known something would happen. So we make our way down the sidewalk. I try to find a place for her to sit. And all the, you know, the people are out there doing their little caricatures. And I, I ask a guy, could you get up for just a second? She needs a seat. You know, there's, so he did. But then we, we kept going. And, uh, and I'm just praying, you know, Lord, please do something. I, I just, I need some assistance. <laughs> You know, please don't let something worse happen to this lady. And, you know, the whole time she just kept talking about how great everything was. <laughs> but after, after she hit the glass, I really thought she broke her head because I thought she just, she broke her head. I mean, if, 